0: Hey, this is Dave Ryder from New Spring Church here in beautiful Perth, Western Australia. Really praying that this message is going to help you. If you'd like some more information about our story, just head to newspring.org.au. I do it anyway, so you might as well. Um, Title of today's message is called The Wrong Kind of Spiritual. And this is going to be a bit of a different um, last couple of weeks. And and generally, I'll I'll try to do a lot of teaching um, just to try to help us to understand um, what's going on. Because like like I said before, like Christianity, it's a bit odd, it's strange. We're talking about um, scripture that's like over 2,000 years old, at least, and then more so. Um, But I want to actually present something um, a bit more pastoral um, today. So really pray you're going to be able to... um, be able to um, journey with me on this and um, the wrong kind of spiritual Um, there's going to be a couple of scriptures that will come up later on Um, and I think for the most part it's probably more about just like just listening leaning in and sort of like kind of feeling where where Dave's going and what I'm trying to do um, as I'm kind of living in Australia I'm really um, wanting to lead us as a church, because I do think that, um, I, th- I actually think, you, you may disagree with me, I think that October 15 is going to be an interesting moment for Australia. Um, we've got a referendum coming up, and um, we all do our reading and all that, and we all get to have a say, you know, and that is awesome. Um, but I do have this sense that on October 15, doesn't matter which way that referendum goes, um, Australia has going to be an interesting place. And in my mind, I mean, this is my heart. If, if if we are to be a prophetic people in this world, which which simply means that we are supposed to be able to provide an alternative and a contrasting society. That's, that's really what it means. And if the ethic and, and, and the thing of, of the church and of Christianity is, is that of love, um, I think it's going to be interesting um, as we journey forward. Um, but I also think that there are moments like what we're in right now. Has anyone noticed? Like, it seems to be a little bit hostile in Australia at the moment. Or is that just me? So <laughs> it's just me. It It does. And like I kind of look at that and, and then I think, you know what, if there is this kind of, um, if there's hostility, if people are anxious, if there's a lot of fear and all that, this actually provides an amazing opportunity for the church to um, provide something different if we, if we want to. You know, like Kyle was saying, like one of the roles of Adam and Eve, they're over there, they've got this priestly role in the garden. And one of that priestly role is to protect the garden, to protect Shalom, to protect and not allow things to come in. And then this chaos monster comes in, right? Um, And it's kind of the same thing, like we're the kingdom and part of our thing is, okay, let's protect and let's actually embody some kingdom um, postures. Is that okay? So that's, that's kind of... Um, where i'm going um with this today i am not so, you know i thought it'd be interesting i was saying to brett what would be awesome is if we did some memes um and put them on social media like it's almost like this is what dave preached and this is what was heard you know have that contrast this message is not about necess- if it pertains to where you are right now all good we'll pray for you let's deal with some of that stuff i am purely trying to bring some pastoral guidance for us as New Spring Church as we lead forward living in Australia so that we, to the best of our ability, don't get caught up in the circus and we can actually embody new creation dynamics in Is that okay? All right. So I'm going to use um, a story from Mark chapter 1 in order to do that. I'm going to read this in your hearing. It won't be up on the screen, but just like listen in and um, allow yourself to get into the story so mark chapter 1 verse 21 to 28 says this jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. when the sabbath day came he went into the synagogue and began to teach the people were amazed at his teaching for he taught with real authority quite unlike the teachers of religious law suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out why are you interfering with us jesus of nazareth Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet, come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the evil spirit screamed through the man into convulsions and came out of him. Amazement gripped the audience and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. It has such authority, even evil spirits obey his orders. News about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of galilee the gospel of mark is actually a really action-packed gospel there's a lot of immediately there's a lot of suddenlies there's a lot of like if it was a movie it'd be bang 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 um and um does anyone know like the the book of the bible in our canon at least that comes before the gospels the last one of israel scripture malachi right israel scripture actually ends in quite an ominous way um can you imagine that? Ominous way. Um, and this is the way it kind of ends. Yahweh says to his people, you don't think I'm coming back to the temple, but suddenly the Lord will return. But what am I going to see when I return? All right? So it's kind of this ominous tone. And not only that, at the end of Malachi, um, and again, this is important for us to understand the Gospels. At the end of Malachi, God says, I'm going to send my messenger, Elijah, right? John the Baptist looks a lot like Elijah, by the way, and the way that you actually um, respond to Elijah is going to determine a whole lot, right? So um, read forward into the Gospels. What they do to John the Baptist, and even um, with the baptism and Jesus, um, you can see the story is not going to. It's rather ominous. So there's kind of this ominous tone at the end of Israel's scriptures. And then God goes silent. He kind of like, sort of like, zips his lip for 400 years. Can you imagine, like, seriously, like if you have a disagreement with your like, your spouse and there's like this tone is like, and then like they go silent for like two days. Has anyone been there? You probably should talk, by the way. It's probably not healthy. But anyway, <laughs> but we're not going to say that of God. Like he goes silent for 400 years, you know. And then like the... Um, the story actually opens up again. And we read the we read and we, we see this interesting character who's John the Baptist or John the Baptizer, and he's looks a whole lot like Elijah, messenger. And he's got this message. He says, Someone's coming. You know, Mark 1, verse 7, someone's coming. A couple of verses later, really intentional. We read, One day Jesus came. So if you follow the line from Israel's scriptures into the story that we are now part of, Yahweh is saying, you don't think I'm coming, but I'm going to come suddenly. John the Baptist arrives on the scene and he's saying, I just need to let you know someone's coming. And a couple of verses later, Mark lets us know Jesus came. That's kind of the thing. That's how the story kind of goes. And Jesus comes and he gospels. He announces this great announcement, this amazing announcement. He says, the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe God and this idea of the kingdom of God like we're not really told Jesus doesn't really unpack that really is to like break it down you're talking you're preaching about the kingdom of God what exactly are you talking about the gospel writers don't really break it down that well but what they do is they say watch Jesus he's preaching the kingdom of God if you're wondering what this looks like watch and see and that's kind of how the the posture we're supposed to take And that's really important for us um, living in 2023 because when we see the kingdom of God breaking out as Jesus is the embodiment of the kingdom, as He is going from village to village, as, as the kingdom of God is breaking out into the world, it's important for us to understand and recognize that because the kingdom of God is from God, it is telling us about God. Okay? Whatever you see Jesus doing, That's telling us something about God, and that really does bear weight on how we are to live faithfully in this world. So this story begins in Mark chapter 1, verse 21 to 22. Jesus and his companions went from the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, interesting day, he went to the synagogue, interesting place, and he began to teach. What's unique about this story, and um, from the beginning, Um, the original readers would have caught this is like oh wow we're talking about sabbath which is sacred time and we're talking about a synagogue which is sacred space jesus is about to break the rules and we haven't got time to go into all this as much as i'd love to but jesus is actually making a point about the kingdom he's making a point about what he's about He's actually turning the cards a little bit. He's saying, What I am doing, this is not about Sabbath keeping. This is about people keeping. It's about people keeping. And that's important for us to understand and recognise that when it comes to all of our liturgical stuff that we do, all of our tradition, we can get so caught up and miss the point that's actually about people keeping. How are we keeping people? That's going to be a huge thing for us as a church. It's going to be a, it's going to be a hu- Well, it already has been, but it's going to be a, a, a big thing as we move forward as a church. How are we going with keeping, keeping people? We're made in the image of God and this kingdom, which is breaking out in the Gospels, lets us know something about God. So this story is really interesting. There's this man who lives in this community. He's probably lived in this community for years and years and years. There's this man who goes to synagogue. He goes to a gathering, very similar to this. And chances are, he's been going for years and years and years. Could you imagine someone rocking up the New Spring for years and years and years? And we don't really know the story. Seems kind of normal, doesn't it? Yeah? this guy is known in his community he's known in the community he's known in the synagogue he goes to synagogue he's part of God's people and all the while he is captured he is being held captive by this spirit there's oppression that's happening and as the story goes on the embodiment of the kingdom of God arrives Jesus arrives on the scene and this spiritual oppression gets exposed in fact It gets really, really irritated. I don't know about you, but I've been in many places, even here, and I can do things, I can say things, and people get irritated. And in my mind, it's like, well, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do, but you get irritated that very, very often lets me know there's something else in play. And it's very, very important to understand that because it means, ah, we could actually be in a place where we can actually help some people find some greater freedom. Isn't that good? Hopefully you don't get too irritated in the next couple of minutes. It's not my intent. Um, but that sometimes does happen. It sometimes does happen. But as I said, I want to actually talk a little bit about, um, I want us to, in our mind, um, you know how like, we, we always like picture in our mind, we're, we're like Jesus, within in the stories, you know, like I'm part of Jesus' mission. How about we flip that for the next couple of minutes and have in our mind, I'm that guy in the synagogue. That's where I'm going to place myself. Dave Ryder. I'm the guy. I've been in this church for almost 11 and a half years. And um, people know me and all that. Like, if if you're in that position right now, let's pray. We'll deal with some stuff. But I also want to play the movie forward um, for the next year or so as we're living in this world. And let's just have have that mindset. Okay, what would it be like if I was actually the man in the synagogue? Because the guy goes to the synagogue. He's part of the the community you know he's he'd be part of the people of God as far as he's concerned you know what I'm saying is that okay all right so let's have that kind of mindset so as I said um, we're living in an, uh, well I think it's always an interesting time but I, I think that this year in particular there seems to be a lot of um, heightened emotion and opinions and all this kind of stuff and um, referendum's coming up on october 14 and again do your own research reading and all that um i i I kind of assume everyone's an adult here um you're never going to have like me get up and say you should do this or you should do that my um, like even with the christian faith it's like uh, like i'm not going to tell you what to think my job's to actually help you figure out how to think and part of how like go figure it out you know But we're living in an interesting time. Social media was absolutely brilliant, and there are still some things that are brilliant about it. The internet was absolutely brilliant, and there's still a lot of things that are brilliant about it. Things changed as soon as it became monetized, okay? As soon as it became monetized, that kind of changed the game a little bit. And when the internet and social media became monetized, it actually opened the door for a brand new economy to enter into the world scene. Their brand new economy is called the attention economy. It is a real thing. Um, So as the attention economy kind of came in, you probably noticed that um, everyone's trying to get your attention. We are so distracted as a people, and that is actually on purpose, okay? Because our intention means big money to a lot of people. So where's this thing is like playing out? The research is definitely in, and we've known this for a few years that social media, internet, like anyone, has actually figured out the best way of actually getting people's attention. It's called outrage, okay? That is the easiest, most efficient way of getting anyone's attention. It is called outrage. If we were going to talk biblically, we'll say that is one of the patterns of this world that we are living in, okay? Uh, Romans 12 verse 2. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. But the thing is, have you ever been in an ocean and the waves are coming, and you're just like bobbing up and down? We're living in a world where there are waves, where there are patterns, and it's very easy for us to actually start bobbing up and down. I gave the illustration. Um, I think it was last year. Uh, a couple of times I've been to India, and like you go in India, and like whenever I like say yes or no, I go like this, and I go like that. After a couple of days, I was going like that because you're just in the culture. It's like, oh my goodness. I have started having an Indian accent. <laughs> it just actually happens. And, and Paul's actually saying you need to just be aware of the patterns. And outrage is one of those patterns that we actually just need to be aware of. All right. So in order um, to do that, I want to talk about, um, like, my, like the title kind of says, I want to talk about the wrong type of spiritual. I want to talk about this idea of spiritual oppression that does happen. So often we think spiritual oppression just happens in like a third world country or in a place like Africa or in India. But we don't know that there actually is some spiritual dynamics which are in play right now and i think there's a great caution and the guardrails i want to present today is actually by looking at two different stories and actually playing the movie forward and saying that we are actually vulnerable to actually become part of the pattern of this world and allow the anger and the outrage to come into my heart instead of actually standing aside and providing a prophetic alternative and a contrast to a world that seems to be ripping itself apart is that okay all right, so the first story we're going to look at is actually found in Genesis 4, verse 2 to wait. I've mentioned this a couple of times, but I wanted just to, um, just to actually read a, a bigger part of it so we understand how this works. So from verse 2, um, if you have your Bibles do it, otherwise it'll be there. Um, from verse 2, um, talking about um, Eve giving birth, um, Cain and Abel. So from verse 2, Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his um, crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portion of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord said to Cain why do you look so dejected you will you will be accepted if you do what's right but if you refuse to do what's right then watch out sin is crouching at the door eager to control you but you must subdue it and it will be um but you must subdue it and be its master one day cain suggests to his brother let's go into the field and while they're in the field cain attacked his brother and we know what happened next So in this text, we're not not told why one offering was preferred over the other. But what we are told is that Cain is actually in this really vulnerable, vulnerable position. And the reason why he's in this vulnerable position, at least according to the text in this place, is for two specific reasons. Number one, he is angry. All right. Number two, he is dejected or he is despondent and because he's in this vulnerable position the lord goes on god goes on and says you're in this position why are you in this position? why are you so angry like have you ever met someone so angry so, i mean why are you so angry you know far out i mean like i know mcdonald's should have filled up your fries but like you know what they only gave you half the thing has anyone happened to anyone yeah, that's happened to me. Why are you so angry? The Lord's actually saying, like, this is the reason why you're so angry. This is the reason why you're so vulnerable. Right now, you're in a vulnerable position and sin. Let's talk about sin. Because in our tradition, we talk about, yeah, naughty boy, you better not sin. Stop sinning. Stop sinning. You know, ministers make a great um, vocation out of sin management. Great way to actually like have a great career in ministry. You know, keep on like focusing on the sin that you... You know what I mean? So there is that behavior and ideologies which are dehumanizing that we participate in from time to time. But other than that, the Bible is very clear that there is this mysterious cosmic actor called sin that has agency. And this is the first time that sin is actually introduced into our narrative. And the Lord is actually saying to Cain why are you so angry why are you so dejected right now in your anger in your despondency where you are right now you are vulnerable and look around look look around cain because right now sin is right there ready to pounce and what does he say you're gonna have to master it what does that mean when we allow anger dejection Despondency. That's just like like you, we we like we're here in Australia. So like, well, that is my Australia. That should that's like part of being an Australian citizen, right? You know, I like can allow to get angry and like. Here's the thing: you can get angry, but sin's going to be right there. That's what Scripture's saying, you know. And this is why I'm talking about this because there is hostility and there's all this stuff in this world and it's going to be so so easy and there will there will probably be times let's just talk about our humanity okay there's going to be times when you're like oh man i am angry or like times when i am despondent but scripture's just letting us know that you can't stay in that position because you're leaving yourself in a really really vulnerable position and you you know like how christians love talking about spiritual warfare and all that Like, man, I grew up Pentecostal. We can underlie, shunderlie, and march and all that kind of stuff. But when we allow things like anger and despondency and all that to stay in our life, you can underlie, shunderlie all you want. You have not done any spiritual warfare. Please do not make the mistake of thinking just because you can speak in tongues and you can march around places, but then anger, you haven't dealt with that. Um... Spiritual warfare is actually dealing with the things that are trying to wreck us. There's this cosmic entity that's literally wanting to rip the world apart. Um, and we are just told to watch out. Does that make sense? I don't think that these characteristics are generally even questions because we live in a, a place like Australia and it seems to be part and parcel with what everyone else is, is kind of, of doing. And... Um, I've got to be honest, I I know there's a lot of people in this room that you've got some more years on than I have. I'm 44. I don't think I've seen Australia as hostile as what it is at the moment um, or as divided. Um, So I want to actually pay attention to that, especially if, if, um, and I'm not even talking about as someone who's, Like leading new spring i'm talking personally as someone who's following jesus and wants to faithfully follow jesus i need to actually make sure that that stuff man i need some guardrails i need some safeguards so that things do not enter into my heart like even if we have a conversation and we disagree awesome we seem to have lost the ability to disagree you know if you disagree with me i'm gonna delight in that it just means you're thinking for yourself isn't that good right anyway we don't need to agree on everything and we can still love each other isn't that amazing isn't that true oh you're a bit skeptical about that could you imagine if we actually part of this community called the church and we don't necessarily agree with everything the next person thinks but we still love each other we honor each other we serve each other we rejoice over each other you know like we actually enjoy each other's company that would, be, that, that, that would be a prophetic church because it is providing an alternative to the chaos which is kind of happening around. What happens when anger and resentment kind of takes hold? Well, there are spiritual dynamics which are often in play. Have you ever um, come across someone or even you yourself at times where it's like you're thinking and it's just completely irrational? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like road rage. Uh, someone cuts you off and all of a sudden, man, you're just giving them that, you know, like you're giving them whatever. <laughs> I was about to show you, what, you're not allowed to do that in church. <laughs> people who seek revenge, people who become violent and abusive. How many relationships are lost because of anger? How many? How much division happens? How much um, bridges are burnt? And get this, the fires of Gehenna rage here on earth two words for hell sheol and gehenna jesus talking about gehenna translated hell unfortunate he's literally pointing to a place outside the city which is literally there he's saying those fires they don't quench they don't go out we've heard we've heard of the the term this is like heaven on earth right but at the same time we've heard of this is like hell on earth there is some truth in both okay anger if, it, if, if sin gets hold of it and actually runs its course it will literally be hell on earth it is literally a gehenna that's why paul says don't let the sun go down on your wrath on your anger i don't know how practical that is all the time because you need to talk some things out for sure but the idea is kind of like that if you've got anger you have got to have to deal with that stuff Because if you don't deal with that stuff, sin will come, take an opportunity, latch on, and you're going to have hell on earth. There's going to be fires all over the place. And if you've ever met someone like, a large part of my job over the last 11 and a half years, sometimes it's like, man, I feel like I'm always just trying to put out fires. Put out fires. Put out fires. And it's only because we haven't been able to check, and granted, it is difficult, it is hard, I'm with you, All right. it is hard, but anger rejection despondency comes in and we don't do anything about it and this spiritual mysterious force takes a foothold and all of a sudden it's just gone like that and i think that we need to keep that in check over the next couple of months and we're gonna have to do it together okay is that all right bitterness is a sucker to get out have you ever like had a root of bitterness get in your heart i can't tell you i reckon the 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 number one um, Christian counsel I've given to people over the last 11 and a half years is watch out for that root of bitterness. Because I know personally, like if that root gets in you, that's a hard sucker to get out, root of bitterness, and it keeps gnawing down. Second story, we're going to look in 2 Samuel chapter 18. And this one is about Saul. I'm going to read from verse 6. When the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistine, Women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. And this was their song. I don't know if we're still allowed tambourines in the worship team, are we? Anyway, this is the song that they sang. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. This made Saul very angry. Interesting same word that was used of Cain. Same in the original what's this he said they credited david with ten thousand and we me with only thousands next i'll be making him the king so from that time on saul kept a jealous eye on david follow the story on and we actually see that in some mysterious way saul's anger and also saul's jealousy opened him up to some mysterious forces and um yeah i haven't got time to actually break this up because there are some questions on this, I get that. But let me just read this and get to the point of, of Saul. From verse 10, a couple of verses later. The very next day, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul. And he began to rave in his house like a madman. David was playing a harp as he did each day, but Saul had a spear in his hand. And he suddenly hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall. But David escaped him twice. Saul was then afraid of David, for the Lord was with him. Um, with david and had turned him away from saul so in the story we actually see that saul becomes increasingly paranoid he literally becomes a madman and this story right here is the first of multiple attempts that saul actually um, does in order to destroy david and as the story of saul unfolds you see that he is gradually losing his mind And he actually even eventually um, turns against his own son. What's happened here? Well, there's a moment where jealousy comes in. Jealousy turns to self-preservation. With this jealousy and self-preservation, there's suspicion. And again, it's the same language of anger that the Lord actually speaks of Cain. Why are you so angry? The same kind of concept. Anger gets in. And as these things are in, something mysterious happens, spiritual forces take place, and all of a sudden you had a beginning here and room, There is this pathway to dehumanization and also to destruction that happens. Jealousy. Have you ever met someone who's jealous? Jealous. Um, jealousy comes knocking on all of our doors, isn't it? I think it's something we need to keep an eye on. I've been amazed. Like, like, like generally, I try to be very welcome and hospitable and open up, especially this platform. I'll, I'll like a, I'll, like, I, I know I'm the senior pastor, but I want to provide opportunities and all that. It amazes me Like, when I provide opportunities for someone, the amount of other people who get jealous is like, oh, man, what's up with that? Jealousy does come, doesn't it? Jealousy was in the heart of soul. And that's another thing that we need to actually like kind of keep in mind of, because it kind of comes and it can run rampant. So we're in the middle of all of this, you have these mysterious actors, these mysterious characters. They are Yahweh's cosmic enemies. They are running amok around the world. They are just running. and the and, and Israel Scriptures tells a story about that. Israel comes to terms with, like, there there are these uh, mysterious forces that are dehumanizing and they're causing conflict, they're causing trouble. It's almost like at the very beginning of the story, God comes and he's bringing order and function for flourishing, and then God's enemies, you can understand, they come in and they kind of blow it all away, right? It's almost like you got like a, a young kid and they, they put all this effort into building this amazing Lego piece, right? And then you have a little toddler sort of coming in and it's going to, boom and it's all destroyed. It's like that kind of paradigm but on a cosmic level which is happening. And in the midst of that Yahweh enters the scene in the person of Jesus Christ. And as Kyle was saying, when when he says, it is finished, it is finished in a lot of different ways, but for Yahweh's cosmic enemies, they are defeated. They are defeated. And that's important for us to know as well. So where's the story that we read in Mark is kind of outplaying? Let me read it to you again. Let's put ourselves in the position of the man in the synagogue. So Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the other teachers of religious law. Suddenly a man in a synagogue, suddenly a man who was in the family, suddenly a man who was with them every single week, suddenly a man in a synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, Why are you interfering with us? Isn't that interesting? Why are you interfering with us? You've got these cosmic actors in play that are looking to destroy, looking to cause chaos in the world right now. So much hostility, so much division. And the churches over here, as the redeemed people, you bet your bottom dollar they're going to look at us and say, why are you trying to interfere? Of course. You've got things rummaging around your family at the moment. It does happen. You're trying to put everything together and you've got all these things and everything. You know those times like, man, it feels like there's something else in play right now because everything is falling apart. And then you stand up and you say, uh-huh, not in my house. Don't be surprised that I turn and look at you and say, why are you trying to interfere? I would just simply say, who do you think you are? How dare you think you're trying to interfere with well, I'm part of, I'm a part of my father's business. And you're trying to interfere with that. The amount of times I have prayed, I've stood at that door, and the things that try to come into this place, it would amaze you. It would amaze you. The amount of things that have slipped in, that also would amaze you. But that's okay. Every now and then things do slip in, but we... We're a bit smarter than that. We can actually take our stand. And if they look at us and say, why are you trying to interfere? It's like, are you, uh, excuse me? Because you obviously have no idea who you're talking to. I'm the son of God. You know what I'm saying? You don't try to push your agenda on me. I know what the agenda is. The agenda is for the flourishment and the reconciliation of all things in heaven and on earth. I know the family project don't push that stuff don't allow things to push their way in your in your lives just take a stand say no no don't do it why are you trying to interfere (laughs) it's really interesting um the next thing why are you trying to interfere with us jesus of nazareth have you come to destroy us i know who you are oh holy one of god in that moment you got this demon this little piddly demon and in the ancient world, the way that you would take hold of another deity or take hold of another um, um, spiritual force, a demon or whatever, is that you would name them, and as you name them, you kind of like stand over them. So that's how. He, so that's what's happening in those little verses, right? So picture this. You have this little demon. You have the Jesus embodied in the kingdom of God walks in. This little demon's getting irritated and saying, and he tries to like puff his chest up why are you interfering with us and he goes i know who you are jesus of it's almost like he he goes like that and he just has to crumble he's trying to assert authority why are you interfering with us that's what's happening in there but he can't because you're now talking to the king and that's where we're positioned friends that's where you and i are positioned if they come into your house Come into your church, come to your workplace, and you do kind of get that sense why are you trying to interfere with us? You're standing with the king. You're standing with the king. But Jesus reprimanded him be quiet, come out of this man, he ordered. And at that, the evil spirit screamed through himself in convulsion and came out, and amazement gripped them as they saw this. So, what is spiritual warfare as we lead into? October and beyond. Spiritual warfare for the Christian is submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and also submission to the community that embodies and loves the Church of Jesus Christ. That's why Paul says, Submit to one another. You know, submit to one another. A couple of um, points that I'm going to keep in mind for myself, and maybe this might help you. First point is this I am vulnerable. I want to have a position um as someone who lives in, in perth western australia i just want to let myself know dave you know what you're vulnerable because you're human okay second thing i want to be aware of is what exactly am i feeling in this moment have you ever felt things but like taking the time to actually think about that why am i upset at the moment what is this thing like like what why what why is that i see an advert or I receive a flyer or i hear an interview as pertaining to I'm um, like obviously I'm trying to like give us some wisdom for this referendum right but this applies to everything so something comes across your path in your ears and your eyes and you start feeling something what exactly am I feeling and why am I feeling that like if there's anger that's coming up inside of me why am I why am I feeling that you know if I'm on one side of the argument and it's like oh man like Am I fearing I'm going to lose something? Or if I'm on the other side of the argument, am I tempted to point my finger and just call everyone racist in the world? Like, why am I feeling that? Why? Because if I know why or what I'm feeling, then I can actually start addressing it. Because I, I guarantee you, my experience has been, like, if I'm thinking, why am I feeling that? And the rationale sometimes is not the reality. You know? Have you ever kind of had that? You've kind of had this narrative run in your mind? Like, these people are doing this because of this, because of this. And you go and have a chat with them, and turns out, oh, you actually weren't even thinking about me because you've actually got your own life too. You know what I mean? You <laughs> Spring, I love you. I don't spend all my time thinking about you. <laughs> okay? But I still love you, and I pray for you. I just happen to have a family and young kids and a beautiful wife and you know now we've got a dog as well so you know but what am i feeling third one what am i scared of and what am i fearful of that's a hard one what do you what are you really scared of here what are you scared of what are you fearful of and name it name it name it name it and number five okay now that i've named it what are the new creation dynamics of the gospel that resist these powers what are they like man like i read my bible i've been coming to church dave bangs on about a lot i know i don't remember everything he says but he says the same thing every single week surely i should know okay all right like, what what is this what, what, what is it i'm feeling this i'm feeling all of this stuff What are the new creation dynamics that I can use now? Hospitality, welcome, love, forgiveness, grace, prayer, worship. Like, what is it? Like, even as I'm saying that, it's like, ah, what, what, what are the, what are the things? What is part of my weaponry that I can use? Because there is all this stuff out here, and I am actually not wanting to participate on that and number six be on guard have you not heard do you not know the devil walks around like everyone say like he walks around like a roaring lion like a roaring lion He's not a roaring lion he walks around like a roaring lion what seeking those he can devour seeking what did the Lord say to Cain? Sin is crouching at your door. It seeks to dominate. The devil walks around like a prowling lion, seeking. Let me know he can't devour everyone, but there are some. And you may think, man, I've done some terrible sins in my life. Maybe I'm that. I give, I'll, I'll, I'll put this on the line. You may do some crazy stuff and feel terrible and turn to repentance and be in the grace of God. How much more vulnerable if there's anger, if there's jealousy, if there's rejection, if there's despondency, if there's bitterness, and you fail to recognize it, and instead of turning to God, you start putting on these spiritual acts. It amazes me. I, some of the most angriest people I've met are Christians. Why? It's irrational, right? You don't need to. But the devil's seeking. Doesn't have to devour us. Don't you reckon? Could you imagine New Spring as we're going through the rest of this year? The rest of this year. And as we move on. And we are, we are, we are getting it, trust me. Like I said, we're talking about family. I know I'm doing things that are making people uncomfortable. They don't like it. Just hear my heart, I'm really doing it on purpose, okay? Because I want us to actually have our imaginations enlarged as to what the church should be, the family of God. I'm not kidding when I'm saying that the camp, that's the highlight of the year. That is the highlight of the year. It is. I understand not everyone's going to be able to make it, but please make an effort. If money's going to be an issue, you already know, we're keeping the prices the same, so we're probably going to go into the red. We'll have like our church budget. The rest, But like seriously, um, Ricky's the chairperson. You know that. Um, I don't want money to be a problem because we're going to come together as family. But these are some of those new creation dynamics, you see. We're doing that. And if you're sitting in this place and you've identified that anger has taken a foothold in your life. Bitterness, unforgiveness. You kind of know that there's something else in play if you've ever come to that position where you just simply cannot forgive that person. You just can't forgive them. There could be something else in play there. And you possibly just need another brother or sister in love to come alongside you and to break that in Jesus' name and to allow that to go forward. So if that's you, our prayer team will be here. We would love to pray for you. And for the rest of us, this message, it is pastoral in nature. It is giving us a heads up. It's saying as we're moving forward, let's keep loving people. Let's keep loving Australia. If people disagree with you, awesome let's have the mind that sort of says if you disagree with me how amazing i've just discovered i have now found another thinking person in australia go you well done we're not going to agree on everything but we are commanded to love let me pray for you